Nothing lasts forever, not even unchallenged U.S. leadership in space. For a long time, U.S. astronauts have had to buy trips on Soviet launches to get to low Earth orbit. But that's all changing. At this week's International Astronautical Congress in Washington, NASA is taking the opportunity to show off its exploration chops. Deputy Administrator Jim Moorhard joins me with more. Mr. Moorhard, good to have you on. Great to be on with you, Tom. Thank you for having me. Tell us about this International Astronautical Congress, and I guess it's significant that NASA is hosting it. It it is. You know, this is the world's largest international gathering, really, of government and industry space officials. And when you think about it, it's an opportunity for the really the world's leaders in space. And, and, you know, we're partners with a lot of others. Yes, we've led in space and we're leading again. But we're coming together really to discuss the challenges and the programs we've got. And for NASA, that's the Artemis program, which is going to send the first woman and the next man uh, forward to the moon by 2024. And in the meantime, NASA has been steadily launching, if not its own low Earth orbit launching, low Earth orbit launching capability, but acquiring that capability from what is really a resurgent or not even resurgent, but an emergent private industry here in the United States, correct? Yeah, Tom, you know, we really looking at, we've, we've created a space economy and it's been in low Earth orbit. You've seen it with the space station but also the proliferation of satellites that are occurring. And, you know, the cost of launch has gone down so much with a lot of the new new uh, players that are in the business. And so as that's occurred, we're getting more and more abilities to launch satellites. Uh, you even have, you know, high schools. O'Connell High School in Arlington actually launched uh, a FinSat uh, earlier this year, but we're going to see more and more of that. For myself, I look at it as three domains. It's low Earth orbit, which we have already space lanes of commerce there. We're going to the moon. We're going to create those space lanes of commerce to the moon and then on to Mars from there. And moon is really there to prove out what we need to do to get to Mars, as well as do a lot of great science that's needed still on the surface of the moon. Now, this conference, you said, has many of the commercial companies that didn't exist in terms of space a number of years ago. So that that means like uh, Google would be there and SpaceX and all of these other companies that that are we've seen their rockets go up. There are a number of them, as well as our international partners, which uh, is, you know, there are 35 national space agencies that are least last count that's what who have come here and is this primarily like a hardware and commercial wares exposition or is it a scientific conference or a combination well i appreciate you saying that because you know for they're going to have a public day uh which starts on friday it is on friday and uh so everybody in the area is welcome to come in for free and see all of the hardware that people are working on uh it's you know, the hardware is there, but the meetings behind the scenes is what I've spent most of the time with the administrator on meeting with our international partners, as well as a lot of these uh, entrepreneurs, as well as large corporations and small corporations. We're trying to do really try to make this an inclusive effort this year, it, it, not this year, but this effort with Artemis. If you 
Think of Apollo. It was the United States, and we went alone. This time, we're going with a lot of different, you know, United States partners, academia and industry, as well as international partners. Where is this all taking place? Uh, This is at the Washington Convention Center. Uh, In fact, the administrator of NASA, Jim Bridenstine, is going to be speaking that morning to the public at 940. So you want to get into the real details of Artemis, he's going to get into it. We're speaking with Jim Moorhard, Deputy Administrator of NASA. What is the real status, I mean, of the ability to get to the moon by 2024? Is that a hard date or... I know there's some politics around that, but technically speaking. Well, it's a hard date for us. The president has directed us to get there by 2024, and we're working towards that date. And, uh, yeah, it's tough, but that's what, you know, that's what we've been called to do. And really, you, I mean, I think if you talk to anyone, talk to your children, your grandchildren, people are talking about NASA again. And it's lit a fire in this country. And certainly lit a fire at NASA that we're moving out and we've got to do it. And it's, you know, it's really sending, this is about a generational accomplishment. If you think about Apollo, for myself, I I witnessed Apollo. Uh, I was 13 years old at the time. But I think the president really looks at getting to Mars as another generational achievement. And you say, well, why? Why? Well, you think of all the the digital revolution and IT, what has happened since we started going to the moon. That's all transpired because of those efforts. To do it again with Mars, we're going to create a new revolution in this country and hopefully in the world. And here's just a basic question, but as we know, this past July, the world, the country celebrated the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11. And like you, I remember as a teenager rushing home and you know watching it on television. What is the main challenge now since we did it then? What's so hard about doing it now? Well, it was a lot harder than people realized the first time. Uh, and we haven't done it in 50 years. We've had challenges at NASA with Columbia Challenger. We're working to have a safe landing on the moon and to be sustainable. So we're not just going there to put footprints and a flag there. We're going there to start doing the real work we need to prepare for deep space exploration. That's what makes it so challenging. Marriott might not be far behind there in that case. And with respect to the (laughs) international partners that you mentioned on Artemis, who are they? What are the main partners country-wise? We've had great conversations. I just finished up a meeting uh, with the administrator with Canada. We've uh, Japan has also made, Canada, for instance, has already made formal commitments of funding, uh, and Japan has made strong statements of support uh, following meetings we had last month. We've got the European Space Agency, and they provide the, if you remember Apollo, you had the capsule and then you had the service module under it. Well, the European Space Agency has created the European service module, and that's what's going to take us to the lunar orbit of the moon, where we're going to have what we call a gateway, which is really our command post. And from there, we'll be able to deploy human landing systems down to the moon. And are we cooperating with 
countries in this effort that we might be competing with in, say, the military domain of space? I'm thinking of China and Russia. You know, space represents, I think, a unique opportunity to come together. And, you know, we've worked closely with Russia, you know, at the International Space Station. We continue to. Right now, we're working on creating a commercial crew program where we'll be able I'm we are working towards the first part of next year of launching American astronauts on American rockets from American soil. But in the meantime, the Russian space program has been very helpful to help us stay at the International Space Station. So, you know, we appreciate that. Uh, as far as other competitors, you know, we look really to the future as to you know, what do we need to look at as far as issues of intellectual property or economic predation? I mean, we're partnering with people that we hope will benefit the United States in a positive way. And we leave that open to whoever that is that we believe will do that for us. And a final question. NASA has always enjoyed a reputation as the best place to work in the federal government based on those annual FEV scores and the analysis there, too. Have you found that having these new and very visible efforts like Artemis have helped that recruitment effort? Yeah, it's never been hard to hire people for NASA, that's for sure. Uh, you know, it it is people are excited and I'm hearing it from all the different centers, not just headquarters in Washington, D.C., but people are excited to be part of Artemis, and uh, so I think that we'll continue to be able to find the right people for the jobs we have. Jim Moorhart is Deputy Administrator of NASA. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, and I sure appreciate the opportunity. We'll post this interview along with a link to more about the Astronautical Congress at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcast or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.